Aliens from outer space? Mass destruction on a global scale? Germs and bacteria are good? All this can only mean one thing. We're comparing War of the Worlds on this episode of Retro vs. Remake. Reggie Parker. And I'm Dan Bulick. Welcome to another episode of Retro, Retro versus, versus Remake. remake. <laughs> the series where we compare movies and their remakes. Join us as we answer the question, should this remake exist? Today's films are War of the Worlds. So let's get right into it. War of the Worlds, the original, was made in 1953, starring Gene Barry, Ann Robinson, Les Tremaine, and Lewis Martin. Directed by Byron Haskin. Screenplay by Barr Linden. Music by Lath Stevens. War of the Worlds, 2005. Starring Tom Cruise, Dakota Fanning, Justin Chatwin, and Tim Robbins. Also want to note that we have cameos by our former leads, Ann Robinson and Gene Barry. They play the grandparents in the remake. I thought that's a cool touch. Uh, we have our screenplay by Josh Friedman and David Cope. And music by John Williams. And as a note, I'm just going to say that both of these films are loosely based on the novel of the same name by H.G. Wells, which was published in 1898. I didn't know it was uh, that early. I yeah. thought it was in like the 1940s he wrote that, but no, in 1898. So that's pretty cool. All right. Reggie, what is your first experience with either of these films? I'll put it this way. I believe that this is my first experience with both films. I mean, War of the Worlds... That genre of disaster movie with the family in it, there was a lot of those movies around that time, so maybe I've seen this in passing, but I don't don't remember. And just a fun fact, I also, this morning, listened to the original audio of the radio broadcast that uh, we may talk about at some point. That's cool. I actually didn't have time to listen to that, so maybe you can just fill me in on that. I remember listening to it a little bit uh, when I was in school. But that was a long, long time ago. Yeah, just since you ha- since you haven't heard it, I can put it this way: it's if you come in at any point past like the first five minutes, and just imagine what life must have been like at the time. Yeah, mm-hmm. I could see I could see people getting confused because they basically it's Orson Welles in like basically a theater company doing a rendition of of this. It's very dramatized and designed to seem real. They talk about real places in America, like uh, parts of New Jersey and stuff like that. To the observer at that time, yeah, it would have sounded like an actual newscast of uh, aliens freaking (laughs) taking over the world. So I could see how it caused hysteria because there was nothing making it look like it was fake. Yeah, that's what I remember from school. Uh, Our teacher played for us, and she's like, when people first heard this, if they didn't hear, like you said, the first five minutes, they thought it was real because they're just like doing like a news broadcast of just describing all the destruction that's happening. It's just, yeah, they dramatized it, sensationalized it, and people thought it was real, and it creates this whole craziness. But yeah, that's really cool. Going to the films, I had never seen the original, but I did see the remake. I definitely remember. I know there was you're talking about other films like. I think you're thinking like maybe the day after tomorrow is like one of those films that kind of came around the same time. Uh, but yeah, I saw the remake, uh, not in theaters, definitely on DVD. 
Uh, yeah, just remember a lot of destruction. <laughs> Let's just say that. Uh, I don't want to give my hand away too early here. So, uh, yeah, and I had never seen the remake until watching it for this podcast. Very different films, pretty much. Uh, I think we talked about this beforehand. There's like like a handful of things that are the same. Uh, but there's so many differences, which we will get into after I go over the synopsis. So this is a very... Yeah, very here we go. <clears throat> Both movies open with a voiceover telling us that we are being watched. Then, strange objects arrive from outer space. Turns out, it's aliens and alien crafts. When they arrive, an EMP knocks out all electronic devices. The alien's mission? Conquer Earth and destroy everything. Nothing is safe. People, vehicles, towns, buildings, cities, etc. Nothing can destroy the aliens due to their force fields. Our protagonists are there when the aliens first arrive and witness this wave of destruction. After much killing and destruction, our protagonists find themselves hiding in a house. An alien periscope and aliens themselves search the house for humans. Ultimately, our protagonists fail to do anything to stop the aliens, but the alien invasion does stop. Turns out the germs and bacteria which we've grown immune to over thousands of years were our saviors. The moment aliens were in our atmosphere, the microscopic beings wreaked havoc on the aliens. Both movies end with a narration telling us how lucky we are. <laughs> the end. Yeah, so it's yeah. just kind of funny. It's like, let's figure out how to kill the aliens. We can figure anything out, but luckily, uh, germs and bacteria yeah. <laughs> saved the day. Which, um, we'll get into more detail in our endings, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So everything's different. Characters, it's not even names have been changed. It's just who we're following is completely different. So I'm thinking we should just start there with our leads. Absolutely. I know we have uh, in the original Gene Barry, who plays Dr. Clayton Forrester, a top scientist from Pacific Tech. And in the remake, it's Tom Cruise's uh, kind of everyman character, Ray Farrier. Mm -hmm. Who lives in Jersey. There you Jersey. go. Yeah. <laughs> With a thick accent. <laughs> Everybody's got I, that. I was, at the beginning, I, I was trying to nail down what accent he was doing. I'm like, is he trying to do Boston? Is he trying to do New York? <laughs> you know, um, I think I think he m missed a little bit on the accent. I'm not gonna lie to you. But this uh, the two characters. I think what really jumps out to me initially is that Clayton Forrester, as you mentioned in your synopsis, they're both there at the beginning of the mishap. You know, in the original film, it's a meteorite in this like kind of like local California town. It's like almost like a town of Hicks. <laughs> Real small town, but they're, uh, they're like, oh, yeah, we got we got a meteorite. And don't set a picnic table so we can charge them for admission and food. Like, <laughs> Yeah, they just think about that dollar right away. They reminded me of the, the mayor in Jaws. Like, whoa, 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 yeah. we got to make some money yeah. here. <laughs> Let's not work. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like if you've ever done like a long family trip, it's one of those weird stops you would make. Long yeah. Way, like world's biggest rubber band, the meteorite exactly. space. <laughs> That's kind of like where everyone is there. Like, there's no real indication that there's danger at that point. To the point that they're like, hey, let's wait for this meteorite to cool off and let's go to a square dance. Yeah, they have a square dance. And then they just leave three random yokels to watch <laughs> over it. Like, sure. We, any, uh, should we have, like, authorities, like, military? Nah, just these three random dudes in town. They, they might have guns, right? Yeah. <laughs> that was one key difference that initially people aren't aware of what the danger is. Whereas, like, danger is a lot more apparent in a remake, which we'll get into 
But I also found that it was probably a smart idea to have the lead be someone that's capable in the sense of a scientist, someone that would be drawn upon in this type of scenario. And Clayton Forrester is he's almost too perfect <laughs> of a lead. This Time Magazine scholar uh, that runs around and solves mysteries. What's, what's your uh, take on it? Yeah, he's this uh, really well-known scientist. Uh, we learned from our other lead, Ann Robinson's Sylvia Van Buren, that he's a well-known, well-renowned, well-read. She knows all about him. Uh, she just couldn't recognize him with the, with those glasses and that beard that he grew. Um, that five o'clock shadow really threw her off. Um, you know, he, he's an interesting enough character. I think you brought up a good point that he, he has a reason to follow these aliens. He sort of has stakes because he is a scientist and there's just that quest for knowledge. He just wants to understand and just figure everything out. So there's a reason that he needs to stick with them as opposed to just, all right, I'm going to Mexico. <laughs> Screw you guys. Right, right. Um, so it was a smart choice there. Um, I don't know if we want to get into it, but it's very, very fifties, um, very, um, over explained. And when he comes to his science talk, just like, what, what, what's this doohickey in your truck? Well, that's a, a meter that reads radioactivity. Are we in danger? I'm not going to really go there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You're right. There's a disadvantage of that, that style of filmmaking where everything's over explained and gee go my watch ain't working well <laughs> well my watch isn't working either check everybody's watches let's let's take five minutes to check everybody's yeah, watches yeah. here uh look my my watch is magnetized and hey, pull out a compass that i know you have because it's the 50s <laughs> <laughs> dude i thought that was i was like magnetized what if magneto was here instead that would have been sick that would have been pretty pretty freaking cool but, but you know outside of like the cheesiness of it, it actually serves a lot of purposes case of point like make it fun to see in a little bit but like in this small town, he immediately recognizes what could be causing issues with the power. Um, they know that the compass uh, is aiming towards the meteorite. So, like, all right, it takes them a, a little while, like you mentioned, to get there. <laughs> but they realize that, there's, uh, that there is potential danger with this meteorite. And throughout the film, he's able to sort of draw back on his science and um, just his, his standing to be places where otherwise we as the audience wouldn't get to see like uh he's on the front line when they start battling the aliens he's he's there when they're trying to figure out how to get rid of them and, and like it allows him to be in a lot of scenes that um we don't quite get in the uh the remake yeah he has he cooperates with the military mm -hmm. in the original there's no cooperation with the military with our tom cruise at all it's just from that everyday every man point of view so it is it is different because you're more on the front lines in the original as opposed to in the remake where you're just sort of on the receiving end of trying to just trying to get away just trying to be safe and if anything happens it's not because we want it to happen there's strengths and advantages to both there's uh there's a strength <clears throat> in someone giving you some backdrop on this mystery it's still a mystery to everyone how these aliens operate but we're getting a little bit more information we know nukes don't work. We know the guns don't work. We kind of know why, maybe explained in great detail, <laughs> great detail but we know why. <laughs> However, there, there is something to be said about also seeing the end of the world from the perspective of an everyman. It puts, yeah. you know, guys like you and us in the shoes of saying, how the hell <laughs> are you going to get out of this? And I, I think that making Tom Cruise's character, he's still cool, you know, like you can tell that he's, he's kind of... A rogue kind of badass but he's a very normal guy going through really normal problems at an mm -hmm. extraordinary time yeah 
Uh, do you want to elaborate on that? <laughs> I watched the original first, so I'm like, all right. I'm, I'm thinking I'm, I'm getting Tom Cruise as basically a Clayton Forrester. I, I thought he was going to be looking at computers uh. and stuff like that. <laughs> and we get there, he's basically on like, um, he's working off the docks or, you know. Working on the docks. <laughs> and uh, clearly his boss is like, yeah, that's the problem with you. You're, you're cutting out early. And, <laughs> and like, I don't know, he, he just kind of has like, he has like these little retorts and he gets in his, his fucking muscle car and <laughs> drives erratically and fast back <laughs> home to get smacked in the face with his his real world problems if he only gets to see his kids on like the weekends or like maybe once a month yeah. is uh his ex-wife's dating a, a very kind of like safe guy you know like tim shows up in his suburban <laughs> while tom cruise is driving like the charger around town and you you see early on that there's tension between the wife the new husband the kids um so although tom cruise is kind of a cool guy badass he's, he's really now at this point a sort of bachelor his his house is in disarray uh he's got this fractured relationship with his kids so um despite that tough jersey or new york exterior um he's got a lot of vulnerabilities that we don't see in uh, clayton forrester yeah he's got the he's kind of got two things going he's got like that external thing with the aliens and he's got this internal family drama that he has to take care of so it does create some interesting moments of conflict uh, in the remake that definitely aren't there in the original. Because in the original, Forrester's pretty much only focusing on the aliens. He doesn't have any other things that he has to deal with at all. I mean, they sort of make this love story happen in the original, which just kind of... I'm glad they didn't do that in the remake. Yeah. This is no time for love, man. <laughs> this, is, this is war. We gotta survive here. We can't be making tea in a random farmhouse, you know? Right. Um, Although the remake will also take its time um, in certain spots that uh, that feel odd as well, but uh, it does. I mean, yeah, the remake does a good job of making Tom Cruise that everyman. Yeah. But then there's also some moments out there that are just like that. That doesn't make sense. Like when he's able to, he's the only person who's able to figure out why cars don't work. He gets yeah. the guy to fix it, so he is the only working car. It's just like. You're the you're the guy. I right. thought you work at the docks. How do you know this stuff? Why did why does the mechanic not know this and you know right. it? was just it's well, a, moment, it's a few moments like that in the remake that kind of take you out of it. There are a couple moments like that. Like I could see in the scenario where this one mechanic, okay, like your kind of shitty local mechanic, couldn't mm. figure it out, but somebody would have. Like you mentioned, yeah. Like he's not the only person that knows an alternator, or starter works, or if he needed to replace them. There's other everyman guys, which is sort of the, the problem of having him be an everyman that, like, you're saying he's the only person that can figure out this solution just doesn't, like you said, that doesn't really ring true. But uh, I still think it's uh, the dynamic between him and his family. I think that was more interesting than the dynamic between Forrester and Van Buren, for sure. I think so. I think that with the family, you're kind of, because you really don't know a lot about his background from the exposition, but, I mean, clearly he doesn't have groceries in the house so i guess that's an indictment on him with uh, the kids being in town this weekend he doesn't even know his daughter's allergic to peanut butter right right <laughs> another problem so i think they the movie could be you know taking someone that may may have you know dropped the ball in that part of his life and forcing him to be a dad in a very yeah. extreme way mm -hmm. to the point where good dad or bad dad you know in this disaster scenario if you're looking after mm -hmm. people I think you're going to step it up in some capacity anyway. 
But uh, mm-hmm. I, I kind of get what they're trying to show there of him really kind of being a dad when it when it really mattered. Yeah, they, that's definitely what they're trying to do. Uh, the son. Let me just go into the kids who they are. So we have. Dakota Fanning, who portrays Rachel, and then Justin Chadwin, who plays Robbie. So he's talking to Robbie, and Robbie's like, you don't even care about us, man. Like, they don't call him dad. They call him Ray. Right. I mean, he's like, you're just a problem to you. You're just going to drop us off at mom's, so you don't have to deal with this anymore. So in addition to, obviously, surviving the alien attack, they give uh, Ray this arc of just sort of reconnecting with his family and becoming the dad that he should be. Yeah. When we get into the lead characters, I'll have some more opinions about the kids, but uh, I'm 100% with you in the sense that it's just a more compelling storyline. The disadvantages of having to like care for children in such a dangerous situation. And like you said, the the love in the original film is pretty much shoehorned. It, it doesn't yeah doesn't really matter or make sense. You know, I mean, it makes sense in the sense that I could see that drawing people closer together, but it's not built out in any way that's of any real consequence to the characters. Yeah, if they get together, fine. If they don't get together, it's okay, because we had really no stake in their romantic interests. It's not like he was pursuing her before. No, no. Maybe if he had been, if they had been doing that, then we'd be like, okay, maybe they can get together. But it's like, they just met, and now they're going to get together while there's everybody's dying? That's a little weird. A little strange. I think without getting into the lead characters, that's sort of overall... <clears throat> sort of buttons up our, our main characters. Um, if you're looking at them sort of one-to-one, it's the serious professional, square-jawed, basically Clark Kent, <laughs> versus, you know, the rough-around-the-edges family man. And I think that, like I was saying before, I think there are upsides in having both. And there's downsides in both as well. But uh, in terms of getting more information about what's going on, Clayton Forrester all day, in terms of sort of relating to what's going on i'm gonna go with uh ray yeah i think getting the information from the original it can be a little bit too much sometimes we kind of discussed this before that like sometimes they throw too much information at you and you're just like what it just sounds like techno babble at one point you're just like i guess this is bad (laughs) i don't aliens bad we can't hurt them got it so yeah you just sometimes there's a little too much it's not just um him sometimes the military is over explaining things too oh yeah so uh yeah, it's just uh, the everyday man. Just easy to relate to. Just gotta survive. Gotta make sure my family survives. Easy to relate to. Good story. Um, easy, interesting dynamics within that too. So yeah, points to the remake. Totally. Did you want to go into the rest of the lead characters? Because we didn't really go into the Van Buren, or if you want to talk about the kids. Yeah, I think that it's a good idea to talk about them because, as we always find, supporting actors are there for a reason. We can't fully explore the lead until we explore right. the kids. To uh, your point, the Van Buren, what I liked about Sylvia was that she was also capable. It wasn't just like a swooning kind of damsel in distress. Even early on, by showing that she knows about the doctor, she's kind of read up in a lot of the subject mm-hmm. matters. She may not be a professional scientist, but you know, she's a librarian at the local university or something like that. Mm-hmm. and She knows enough about the subject matter. That it's not like he's just sitting there explaining everything to her. Mm-hmm. They may be explaining it to us, but at least she has some equal footing with him in that respect. We don't have to go over things multiple times to another lead character. I think that in a lot of ways she uh, she carries her own, but then she does also become a bit of a... Uh, in certain places, uh, I guess Sign of the Times, they give her a lot of like hysterics. You know, like mm-hmm. a, lot yeah. of, a lot of mm-hmm. screaming fits. 
a lot of situations where it's like, hey, we need it to be extremely quiet or we like don't <laughs> want to be seen and you're like screaming. Um, that that part I find to be a little troubling, but uh, she also has relationships with other characters in the film, uh, her uncle uh, being a big one, that um, help ground her as well. I thought she started off like, interesting enough. Like you said, she was well-read. She knew about the scientist. Um, and that she was even on the front lines a bit. Um, not exactly sure if she was on medical help or something like that. She had one of those crosses I, on her hat. They didn't I, explain I it. I think she just had to be there. But then she did, uh, in addition to being hysterical, she did sort of become the damsel in distress. He had to save her a few times. And then at the end of the movie, he's searching for her. She becomes what he's looking for at the end. Like he doesn't care anymore. He just, he needs to find her. So she starts off interesting, but then she kind of really doesn't do much uh, towards the end. Looking at the setup, I'm sitting there like, okay, we're going to have some, some depth to this character. Um, Mm -hmm. Like you said, in the beginning there, it's there. And then it just devolves into like your standard, damsel in distress uh where'd she go i gotta find her and she stops being useful to furthering mm-hmm. the plot in any meaningful way um yeah. which which to me is a it's a big drop because uh there were there was space in there for her to be a compelling character and maybe to be right there with forrester maybe giving her a scene or two like maybe she takes the axe to the periscope yeah. you know j- that little change gives you a reason for her to be there late in the film yeah, and then she can't even handle the sight. The smallest thing of, like, alien blood, she just, like, freaks out. So, uh, yeah, blood, they could have done... The scarf, blood! <laughs> <laughs> She's just freaking... She might as well just slapped her right there. I thought Calm down, woman. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> my, my wife was sitting next to me. I was like, oh, we're going to get a movie slap right here. <laughs> Didn't happen. Uh, so, yeah, starts off interesting, but then uh, take her or leave her uh, after a certain point because she's really not important. I... I agree. To to that point, um, in in the remake, we're looking at Dakota Fanning's Rachel and Justin Chadwin's Robbie. Rachel uh, fits a lot of, especially around the time, it was a little bit tropey. Um, like we said, the day after tomorrow. Um, there's a lot of films that do like the disaster film with the kids sort mm-hmm. of twist. But I think Rachel is actually a strong enough character, even being incapable of really helping in any way. But like I think mm-hmm. uh, they use her to great effect in maybe a little overused to like every time a big kind of action sequence yeah. is going to happen you stare into this kid's face and it's like oh <laughs> yeah. my god and then yeah. This big... yeah she got the bug eyes pretty good yeah. <laughs> the bug eyes were great and just crazy shit happening behind this kid that was good robbie to me starts to fit into that sylvia category of i could take or leave him i i just mm-hmm. think that um, yeah it's a similar arc where early on in the movie there's a setup for kind of so much for him and then just this perplexing turn where he, I, I don't know, he's just kind of obsessed with fighting back in a way mm-hmm. that's not plausible, right. understandable. It makes zero sense. I thought, that, you know, the scene on the ferry with him where he's like helping people. Yeah. And there's that proud dad moment. I thought that uh-huh. that was going to be where they made a turn with him. Mm-hmm. But they just kind of take him out of the film in an inexplicable way. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Um, with Robbie, he's yeah, they're 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 butting heads the most. You know, he really doesn't like Ray. Um, he's just arguing with Ray like constantly, and you're just wondering like, when is that turn gonna happen where this relationship get, gets mended? Really doesn't happen. 
And then, like you said, out of nowhere, Robbie's just like, we got to fight. We got to fight. They're like, A, you're just a teenager. B, you don't even right. know. I don't do you even know how to fight. Like, <laughs> you just want to jump in there and fight aliens. It's like, leave it to the capable people. Like, you, you definitely care about your sister. Right. So take care of her. Right. Like, I don't know why he's so obsessed with fighting. Um, they really never explain that well enough for you to understand it. And then he does just sort of go away and Tom Cruise lets him go. And it's supposed to mean something like he's letting him grow. But I, I didn't really fully understand it. I mean, you, you go from you're having a catch with your son in the backyard <laughs> and their relationship is fractured. Rightfully so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, the fact that he doesn't know, like you mentioned, his daughter's allergic to peanut butter tells you all you need to know about where he's been as a dad. Really, it seemed the only thing he cared about Robbie, I guess, is that he played baseball. That's sort of played mm-hmm. out. But, like, again, that... He didn't even like the Yankees anymore. He's, he's, a, yeah, well, he's a Red Sox fan he's, all of a sudden. Hits you right in the fields. You know? <laughs> um, I mean, that's the ultimate betrayal to his father. Yeah. That uh, he's no longer a Yankees fan and the big rival. That, that backdrop is interesting. And, like, it is interesting to have Robbie be sort of the centering figure for the kid. Because Tom Cruise... Early on, really can't get his shit together, kind of understandably, but also pretty bad form for a dad to just be mm-hmm. like, I'm not going to explain anything, just get in the car, and we're yeah. going to drive, and shut up, kid, and, and mm. <laughs> you know, like, I thought that you've introduced this concept of, like, the safe space, or whatever that is, and Robbie's really the grounding figure for Rachel. The first time I'll allow it when the, you know, the military goes by, he's like, we should be going that way, we should be helping mm-hmm. these guys. Yeah. Um, because he doesn't really grasp what's happening or the scope right. of what's happening. So, all right, if you think you could take on one or two aliens because you don't know any better, I got it. And like I said, it was great to have him on the ferry being selfless and helping people. And it's like, all right, we're building this character. Here's the arc. We're turning. And it just, Dad, just let me go. <laughs> I have to. And he's like, okay. And they give you this sort of false choice of, of, oh, I got to get Rachel from these, like, people that mean well. I mean, it's not like they're mm-hmm. going to, like, yeah. steal the kid and, like, do anything bad to her. They're trying to help. But, like, he has to make this sort of, in my opinion, false choice between his son and his daughter. And to not get into the ending, I think it's a cop-out to uh, to sort of reintroduce Robbie. Yeah. Felt really, really strange to have him go off into the abyss for very loose reasons. Yeah, and they never resolve their arc. Like you said, he comes back in the end, and they're just they're okay. Yeah. So we spent time apart, and now we're okay. It's they were never they never had that moment where they just you know came to understanding each other. It's like okay, you're a dick because you do that, and I'm a prick because you're a dick. Right. <laughs> it's like they needed that moment. Uh, they never really had it. That let me go moment, uh, so you could save my sister. The Sophie's Choice moment that the movie yeah. sort of throws in there. Yeah, it did feel weird and. I really didn't like Robbie after I was no. just like, okay, go, he go ahead, die. Cause you clearly have seen what they're capable of. What do you think you have to offer? If anything, you're going to hold back the military cause they're going to have to save you. Right. So it's like, think man, your mom, you, are you not even worried about your mom's like you want to, you stay alive so you can find out if all your family's okay. It, it just, his motivations just can't it, make sense to me. It's like, they didn't make him a good enough kid. They didn't make him a bad enough kid, you know, like, mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, he stole his dad's car, but his dad's a dick. So, you know, yeah. okay, maybe that's to show a little bit of edge. Maybe it's to show that these two characters really aren't dissimilar. He really yeah. is his father's son, um, even with everything going on. But then, like you said, um, it's weird. He is thinking about other people, 
but not the people he should be thinking about. Like being, you know, saving people in the ferry. All right, nice touch, but like Tom Cruise, rightfully so, picks a lot of places where he says, "Sorry, I can't help you." Those are kind of like the tough decisions you would have to make in that scenario. Like he is trying to help people, but if they if they don't follow him and you get stuck, <laughs> hey man, I, I don't know what to tell you. I got I got to take care of my daughter. So he yeah. anything that could be perceived as selfish is offset by the fact that anyone can understand that keeping your daughter safe is more important than anything else in this scenario. And, you know, he's never going to get back together with his wife. That's not going to happen, but he, he is, he does care about his kids. Yeah. And Robbie, like you mentioned, becomes very unlikable in, in, in a way, like you're doing things that make him noble, but then for lack of better word, stupidity in this situation, just when he was gone, I was like, yeah, fuck it, leave him. He doesn't want to live. You know, that's what I, (laughs) that's what I said. Like go on. Yeah. The rest of society needs to move on. <laughs> yeah, I'm in the same boat. I, I didn't care about him when he's like, I gotta go. And then Tom Cruise is having this moment. It's like, oh, my only son. It's like, yeah, yeah fuck him. I don't, <laughs> he's been annoying the whole time. He hasn't really done much that we need him. And he's just got this stupid obsession with fighting the alien. So, all right. Yeah, I think that it felt like checking checking off a box. You know, like, um, well, we got the little kid. And I think that just Cruise and, and Dakota Fanning would have been probably just a better combination um yeah. if it was just those two but i think they're like well you know people are going to drag their teenage kids to this and they got to have someone to relate to i think like he there didn't seem to be another reason for him to be there other than to be like the kind of dicky teen that they put in films like this i see yeah just to put a few more butts in seats so teens can relate okay yeah i could see that because if you take him out it still works the works, what they did works probably better yeah <laughs> Because then you really just you have this. This is all he's got now. You don't yeah. know if the wife is dead, the ex-wife. Um, this is all he's got. So it's like I really have to protect my daughter. Yeah, and you got yourself like the... a real Last of Us situation there. You know what yeah. I mean? Nice. <laughs> <laughs> um, anything else about Rachel you wanted to say? I mean, I'll just kind of agree with what you said. You know, she's pretty strong character, even though she's more of a reactionary character. Mm-hmm. But I still think she uh, did pretty well with what she had to do. I, I, I didn't really. I didn't, like, hate her. It wasn't like she was always putting them in danger. It wasn't that kind of a stupid thing. Kind of like Robbie was kind right. of trying right. to put them in danger. So um, she just seems like a typical little girl in that situation, just, like, dealing with it pretty well. Yeah, you know, yeah. your, da- your dad just killed a guy, and you're still okay, <laughs> right. kind of. Right. I, I felt that um, out of any character to feel bad for, I did feel bad for Rachel um, mm-hmm. because of what she had to see. It's like... You know, we often see films where I think about it in the context of if that happened to someone, they're not okay. And you can try to put a a button on a movie or, you know, wrap everything up with a bow. But, like, you don't recover from seeing a river of dead bodies. Like, you you just, you don't. Um, You don't recover from seeing people get evaporated and picked up. And, like, like that kid's got a, a crazy life ahead of her. So is the rest of society, I guess. But, like. Rachel does give you this figure to rally behind because uh, there's not really any other character, I guess, besides Tom Cruise, who, you know, it takes a while for him to get to his turn. So I think that she's the most necessary character in this film for any of this to really work the way they've uh, they've played it out. Yeah, it definitely doesn't work if it's just Tom Cruise by himself. Nope. Uh, so you definitely need her. She's kind of that, that anchor that sort of like... Makes keeps him relatable to us, I suppose. Because yeah. yeah. otherwise, he'd just be peace. See you. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> right. 
I, there, there's a movie for that too, like the kind of like regular dude that's just like fuck this and like <laughs> like that, that's an interesting film too, but it's clearly not the film that we're doing. And um, yeah, to sort of jump back into the original, there is no Robbie kind of equivalent, but I did want to say um, just because I thought the scene was actually um, fairly interesting, um, the fact that they made Sylvia's uncle like the mm. clergyman, um, yeah, I did find that sort of dynamic compelling um Mm -hmm. um, we'll get into religion in in i guess both films in in a way i guess but uh um i i thought that it was you see in the uh the first scene where the aliens kind of come out of their little meteorite they unscrew the top (laughs) and uh the the three yokels wave the white flag and then they get (laughs) everybody knows what a white flag waving is come on it'll be safe boys hey we your friends hey nice to meet (laughs) you zap (laughs) a very similar scene but i thought um powerful depending on you know if you're into this type of stuff the god man kind of walking out with his bible doing it you know uh the lord is my shepherd type situation and then getting zapped too um yeah um although he's not a main character i did want to mention him just because it does present a religious element that uh, kind of permeates uh in times in this film in a way i wasn't expecting um it shows you that uh, that they're willing to show that kind of like God ain't really. <laughs> it's not the move here, which I think is probably unusual for a film of that time. Mm-hmm. And it also builds out some of Sylvia's backstory. Not only is she the like kind of brain bookworm type of character, she also has this kind of uh, religious background that comes into play slightly in uh, in the film. So I wanted to mention the uncle, who I have no idea what his character's name was, but. <laughs> <laughs> No, he was one of the better characters in the original, for sure. Uh, his death was unexpected, because, yeah, you think in a movie in the 50s, you think a priest probably going to be safe. Uh, a priest reciting the Bible <laughs> to aliens, you think he's going to be okay. Uh, no. But the movie's just like, nope, <laughs> God ain't going to help you here, yeah. uh, even, no matter how much Bible you recite. So I thought that was uh, a bold move, and I yeah. think that was a good move by the original, uh, yeah. just to say that like nobody's safe here, man. <laughs> Everybody I, is going to die, probably. Because it, it does raise the stakes, because like, this um, God-loving priest is not safe from this d- wave of destruction. It's like, pretty much nobody's safe, so maybe even your lead characters are going to... We might lose right. one of them. Right, right. Like you, like you mentioned, the stakes are uh, driven for kind of all of humanity. And, and these very simple moments, you know, uh, the, the three yokels with the white flags. Nope, they don't want to be your friends. Uh, the <laughs> priest guy, nope, God ain't working. Then you got military, nope, that ain't working. <laughs> and like the movie just in a, in a very rudimentary way, but um, compelling, shows you that all the things that we would think of in this situation are not working. And that ultimately sort of gets you in the sort of the despair of uh, the situation that they're in in that film. Um, the every every man take on that, just what you're seeing, um, which we're going to get yeah. into, it, it leads to kind of this hopeless feeling. Yeah, I mean, just you just see everything get destroyed. It's, it, there's nothing that can't be destroyed by these people. I mean, you, he's just running <laughs> for his life. And then the, the bridge, I don't know what bridge it is, but it gets completely destroyed. It's like nothing can stop them. Right. I have to get away. I have to protect my family. Yeah. So I guess that, that kind of like, like I said, I wanted to mention that scene in the original because I think it was a powerful scene. Mm-hmm. Definitely one of the highlights of the film. So I wanted to bring that up. Yeah. 
But I guess uh, we should get into the highlight of both of these films, which is your aliens, your, your big bad monster, the tech that they're using. Um, so if you're okay with it, I think we get to that part of the discussion. Yeah, absolutely fine with that. Did you want to talk about how the aliens appear in both films? It's a little bit different there. Yeah, so when you're saying appear, just so I know what we're saying, how they show up or what they look like? How they show up. Okay. Okay. I'm sure we'll talk about both. <laughs> oh, yeah. We'll, we'll get into how they look, too. Um, but in the original, like you said before, um, the, there's meteors, mysterious meteors just come and crash on Earth. And, and uh, they unscrew a cap in it. And <laughs> then there's these other vessels within these meteors. I think it's three because there's an obsession with three mm-hmm. in the aliens in the original. So I think three vessels come out in one of these meteors and there's like three meteors to an area so that's just how the aliens are arrive in the original in the remake a little twist on that you don't see any aliens but then you do see this lightning Mm -hmm. and you later learn that this lightning is sort of uh how the aliens transported their bodies to crafts which are already in earth millions of years ago so the alien vessels were already here and they just needed to transport pilots into each of the vessels through lightning yeah. So that's a that's a different take on it that uh, usually you don't see in these different alien movies um, that they they're already here. And I should just also mention that the original aliens sort of seem to hover mm-hmm. while the they, remake ones are tripods. He does that. explain that <laughs> <laughs> they got basically magnet legs. Which okay. <laughs> in terms of notes, I thought it was a little hokey in the original. The way they kind of describe it is like, well, a meteorite that large should have left a giant crater, and it didn't. Uh, density doesn't make sense. And then, you know, Sylvia's like, well, maybe it skidded sideways before it landed. Like, they, they do all this <laughs> exposition that leads yeah, nowhere yeah. because that's not <laughs> how it works at all. They are limited in what they're showing us based on the time. Um, yeah. But even with that, I think that it's goofy in some parts, especially when you really zoom in and see some of the moving parts. But, uh, I think design-wise, not not terrible. I think the idea of like this electromagnetic propulsion mechanism, I thought that that was fascinating. Um, uh, even though they, like I said, struggled to really show that off. Uh, the threes thing, I think, was just probably too much. But I will say this: I prefer the method of appearance in terms of logic for the film. I think the remake is probably not probably it's more interesting thing to see but i think the logic of the original one actually probably makes a little bit more sense mm-hmm. in the grand scheme of once we tie everything together and we'll get to why that is later yeah it, it i might agree with you there uh the original aliens definitely look a little hokey at times yeah. but it's not terrible you you really think like those old sci-fi movies where it was just like you know pie pie trays yeah. at least it's not that you know right. Um, so it, do- it doesn't look extremely terrible, but I will agree. I like the aliens arriving um, all at once instead of already having the vessels here right. and then coming in through lightning. Because, like you said, it just logically makes more sense. Like I really thought about it because uh, it was mentioned. Oh, they put the craft here millions of years ago, and then they decided to attack. Well, if they put the craft here millions of years ago, why didn't they just take over the Earth then? I don't know. Like, um, unless they like seeded life and like this is part of their plan you know right but now 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 you're filling in blanks for them reggie though i know, so I know. Like... I'm, just, I'm just saying that like from a, 
like I said, the logic has to make sense to me. And I actually prefer this sort of silent threat, something that looks like uh, everyday occurrence. Uh, well, not everyday, but like a inexplainable occurrence, a meteorite. So the fact that it actually had our defenses down. They're like, oh, look, we're going to use it yeah. for uh, um, pie-eating contests or whatever the hell they were, <laughs> <laughs> were going to do. <laughs> you know, that gave the aliens time to sort of set up and scope things out in a way that you don't get in the remake. Just the implication that they put the vessels here previously, thousands of, like you said, millions of years ago, and then they like lightning themselves into it. Cool visual effect, just logically dubious. You could have picked any other time in history, maybe a mm. time where it would have been easier yeah. to <laughs> kill people, you know what I mean? Like, I, I just, I found the logic, uh, which, you know, sci-fi logic is sci-fi logic, but uh, I, I don't know, I, I didn't quite understand it, although I did like the visual no i like the visual too but like it makes more sense like the original like you have to amass an army right so that, that takes time right but it seems like in the remake we already had the vessels so it seems like you already had the army why would you have to wait a million years right so i just the whole time just like what so while it looks cool it definitely makes a lot more sense in the original yeah unless i mean well mars is too close well they never said they were martians though that's the other thing no in the remake they don't explicitly say martians they throw out martians in the original but they never it's never confirmed they're yeah. just that's just some assumptions by some of the people but it's never like these are definitely martians from yeah. mars yeah i mean this is again me filling in blanks or something like that but like it could be similar to the concept of uh anytime you're looking at the night sky that was thousands of if not millions of years ago that you're looking at uh any given time you look up at the stars perhaps for reasons the capsules get sent first because of the time it takes to travel and then they have this light speed again i'm being very <laughs> i'm being very fucking generous you are being very generous <laughs> very generous um with my explanation but uh because i have to be that generous uh that's a downside yeah um the other thing too is although this movie does a good job of showing scope with the aliens the original actually, I think, does a better job with, like, the different layouts. I did enjoy seeing other places trying mm. to deal with the same problem. And I think that um, maybe trying to explore that in some way in this film would have been pretty compelling. Again, I'm, I'm not too upset because what they showed me was sort of localized and I understood the reason for that, which is the mm -hmm. reason to have an everyday man being your lead. But I do miss some of the seeing other places having to deal with this problem. Mm. I didn't mind it so much. I, I thought sticking with the the local man's area, that, that worked for me. I didn't feel that global sense so much in the original. I know they showed like other locations, and I'm pretty sure they just used a lot of stock footage from like World War II. Um, <laughs> so yeah, that, that took me out of it. I'm like, I'm pretty sure, isn't that like Europe and World War II? Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, but like um, it, it, that one felt even smaller to me yeah. because we we did spend a lot of time in that field with the with the doctor That's and uh, the van buren so uh, even though it was more localized in the remake that that, that just felt big i just I, the bigger effects you know you can't deny that yeah that, that just felt like the original just felt a little smaller even though they showed more of the world yeah so i get that where it's like there is a global i mean there's a global implication in both but the Global implication is laid out more in the original film. However, yeah. your actual sets, I mean, you could probably point to about three actual sets that they <laughs> use. Like, use. Um, you, yeah. You're right. You spend a majority of the original part 
of the film. By that original meteor. Exactly. You're in that field for a long time. Even when they crashed the freaking plane, I was like, did they go anywhere? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think they went like 10 feet, like down the road. They were still nearby that first meteor because he's like, I didn't see that there was a second one uh, nearby. So they're still pretty much in the same area. So I'll give you that. I'll give you that for sure. I'm not going to be begrudge a lot of that because I think, um, and we may be at this part of the conversation, the actual appearance of the aliens in the film uh, is just done, um, obvi- we know why, but it was done much better in this uh, this remake. The actual physical The appearance? physical, the physical. Okay, appearance. okay, just wanted to clear that up. Um, yeah, I mean, they didn't show them too long mm-hmm. in either film. Uh, the main difference I can think of is just that multi, the three colors in the eyes yeah. of the original, and then you don't, get that sort of uh more toned back i guess yeah in the remake but they're both naked in both films yeah, <laughs> yeah. no protective gear for these aliens <laughs> nah and uh i think they're referencing you know things that they know over the time like they mentioned the lenses on the aliens and it works kind of like our tv uh <laughs> you know whatever recording <laughs> um it, it's a unique well both of them are but like it's a unique um take on it i haven't really seen other aliens that looked like that in um all my sci-fi viewings so i I found with what they had to work with what they were trying to portray i thought that it was a decent uh character design um but again scope just like you said they're they're kind of they're kind of piecing together things like you said footage of random battles footage of random planes uh the the way they show the force fields they're clearly limited in that like they might have just putting some glass crap over it and, yeah and you know, i think they just put glass over a toy model yeah sure. you know that's that's what it looked like to me and um they they were able to show scope but again they're they're so limited in how they did yeah. it um i i appreciated the effects that they were using the periscopes and i appreciated all that stuff but uh ultimately uh leaves you wanting more because everything feels a little disjointed like you said, you don't see the aliens themselves very long, so I, I, I didn't really have a big takeaway from the aliens that I saw in the original film. Yeah, I mean, you don't really get too much of the aliens in the remake either. So like, yeah. like, I, I, but you think there's more? I, I, I didn't really notice too much. Barely. I mean, slightly in the, uh, slightly in the the room, like when they come in, and like they're constantly shifting over here shifting over there like you see a little bit of the aliens kind of walking around but it's like it's nothing like mind break or it's not mind-blowing you know it's, it's kind of stuff you've seen before in any alien movie so like when you saw the aliens in the remake i wasn't like whoa they look so weird they they look like you'd expect aliens to look and they didn't really do anything new or fresh and there have been so many alien movies since the original so it's like Eh, they'd look like aliens. They looked okay. I didn't think they looked necessarily better. I, I wouldn't say one alien looked better than the other, yeah. really. Yeah. The actual appearance of aliens, yeah, I would say no. I think the uh, the remake aliens are a little referential. You know, they, they don't seem wholly unique. Like, they're not very different than Independence Day aliens. or yeah. uh, They're not very different from Starship Troopers. You know what I mean? Like, they're... I've seen aliens like this before. Um, mm-hmm. Whereas in, in the original, I mean, I'm giving I'm gonna give them the the advantage of being creative and figuring out creative ways to uh, 
to show aliens in a way that I don't think anyone before that had a chance to. Yeah, I'll give the original a little more credit just because they have less to draw from mm-hmm. as opposed to like by 2005. There's just so many different aliens that we've seen in movies at that point. Yeah. Do we also want to talk about, because the aliens in the original, their pretty much main purpose is just to destroy everything. Right. But the aliens in the remake don't necessarily just do that. They uh, seem to be harvesting humans. Yeah. And spraying everything with chopped up human parts. Yeah. I, I was... Do you yeah? Do you understand that, or can you explain that? No, I mean I can't because uh, you got the guy. Are we talking about Harlan? I'm talking about Harlan, uh, portrayed by Tim Robbins. <laughs> so Tim Robbins Harlan, who's uh, kind of a hard a hard o. He's a, he's a bad, a hard ass. Um, they drink us, Ray. They they drink us. So I just want to say that this guy who might have read a book maybe once is kind of giving us the same exposition that Dr. Forrester is giving. Yeah. He's giving us that much information. That's how like important he is almost. It's crazy. Yeah, I mean, he is... He would be like one of those, like... Uh, I'm trying to think of the name. Like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, like Cabin of the Woods type guys. In any other situation, he's he's just like giving us more exposition than anyone else in the movie has so far. I heard, yeah. I heard they killed one in Osaka. Where? How? <laughs> yeah. It doesn't look like you have internet. Dude. He, he's the one that reveals that. They've had the, these vessels for millions of years. It's like, how did you know that? Where right. do you get this information right, from? Right. There's no more internet. Yeah. <laughs> CB radio, Ray. I knew it was, <laughs> our time was coming. He's like a doomsday prepper, you know? It's such a very... Uh, cool scene of he's he starts screaming like he's seemingly the guy's most prepared to fight the aliens and he's losing his shit when he sees what they're doing to people and it is it is disturbing like they pin you down there's this weird like hose thing that goes near they suck a probe in you i don't know i don't want to know man (laughs) um the i guess the ships create these like vein like roots almost that yeah have blood in them or drawing blood or i really don't know what they're doing but i know that it's gross they chop you up they suck your blood and then they just toss it out into these patches of vein root thingies that they make maybe they're reseeding the earth like there must be some long-term plan i just don't know what it is yeah i the worry i interpreted it and i'm reaching here is like maybe they're trying if they are from a whatever planet they're trying to just make earth more like their planet so maybe they need humans to fertilize Earth and to make yeah. it more like their planet. And whatever alien fertilizer they use plus humans makes yeah. Earth more like their planet. That's big reach, though. I, I don't know if that's exactly I, what they're doing. I've heard of interpretations like that. Like, uh, if they never say there's specifically Martians, but I guess, like, the red that you start to see and stuff like that. Like, yeah. perhaps this is a terraforming mission. I don't know. Not just that. Uh, we we talked. I see it's in your notes, but like the tripods, the way they suck the humans up into the thing before they 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 pick them up, they suck them up, they put them <laughs> down, they suck them up. They there's a lot of steps to get the uh, the blood spraying sporadically everywhere. For yeah, there, there's got to be a better way to do all this. <laughs> I think. But um, my wife said the same thing when she looked at the tripods. Um, in the film, and I see it's in your notes, but they do look like like a butthole. Yeah, my wife said the same thing. It's a butthole. <laughs> it looks like a butthole. Just like the butthole just scoops you up, and um, it just goes back in the butthole. <laughs> just, like, like I don't know. Like 
it, it left me wanting because I felt like they they got mass and size so right. Like mm-hmm. lightning bolt, here comes this giant thing and it rips up the earth and everyone falls in and they just zap you into basically miss, um, like heat ray you to death. And then I'm just so confused as to what they're doing mm-hmm. at the end that like I I mean it's horrific, and I don't know what's be- I think I'd rather be zapped. Yeah, if they just stuck with the destruction, just zapping things, I think it would be a little easier to follow instead yeah. of this, like you said, maybe maybe terraforming it to be their planet. That's the only thing I think of, unless they just, like, blood everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, because, like, at first I'm like, all right, maybe they're using humans for, uh, like, a food source of some sort, but no, mm-hmm. they're spraying the blood everywhere. I feel like that'd be part of it, you know, the food source. They're not just killing us, clearly. I mean, they'll kill some of or many of us, but... Mm-hmm. I don't know, uh, and even the Tim Robbins, they use his pets, Ray. Uh, like, <laughs> they're not doing that either. No, I, I don't know. Yeah, so it, the motivation of the aliens is a little muddy. Like, we're just gonna destroy everything. Like, that's easy to follow. Yeah. But now, now I'm just gonna destroy everything and use some of you guys to paint everything red. Not, I'm hmm. not, I'm not sure. I'm not yeah. sure what their plan is, but it takes me out of it. Just a bit, you know, um, because I, I don't know what's happening. And um, I guess one of my biggest gripes with the remake is I, I felt like they were hitting so many good notes. And mm-hmm. they just kind of put the brakes on it in the Tim yeah. Robbins section. Yeah. I, uh, do you want to get into that whole section? Because that section is, it's sort of redone from the original, but it, it is done very differently. Yeah. So we could compare those scenes. Because those are the one of the only scenes that these movies both kind of share yeah because come some similar things happen yeah 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 i could definitely definitely do that okay uh, i want to hear your take on this okay so i'm going to set up the original first so this uh, forrester and van buren just by the way van buren just reminds me of that episode of seinfeld where kramer fights van the van burens yeah <laughs> um so they they're in a plane crash and you know while an alien attack is happening he's just letting her nap on his lap just kind of staring at her like oh i'm falling in love here like one of the things one of my gripes with the original is just there's not a big sense of urgency a lot a lot of times the movie just slows down to like everything's fine and after like she wakes up in the field they just find this random farmhouse and they are just like cooking they're just like talking about random stuff it's like they have no worry about what is happening outside they're just making food you know just shooting the shit you know, it's just really weird. Anyways, they decide to hide in the basement of that place after a plane crashes into it. Yeah. <laughs> sure, why not? Um, plane crashes in the original house, too, so that, that might have been a little homage uh, to that. Anyways, they're in the basement, and uh, they're hiding, and uh, this periscope-looking thing comes into the house and just starts searching. It's like a periscope with a hose instead, right? Mm-hmm. So um, it's just looking through the house... Does he chop it right there with the axe? Forrester? Yeah, there's there's a bit of a kind of like, you know, there's a bit of the hiding stuff and mm-hmm. screaming and all that stuff. But uh, yeah, ultimately he just sort of chops it, um, and it basically just retracts before they have to move on again because it doesn't just end there. But like, yeah, I mean that's basically it. The periscope comes down, which good you get more of a sense of what these aliens are like, and then he chops it and. I'll give the original this that revelation that um that they do bleed, you know, like it gives some <laughs> sense of hope 
Then, if it uh, bleeds, we can kill it, right? Yeah, you know, it is that moment in the film. And uh, <laughs> besides, like you said, the the parts where they're just kind of meandering about, um, influential scene in the film once you get to it, which I guess I would say pretty much the same thing about the remake um, with with that scene. If you want to give the backdrop for it, yeah. So this happens after Robbie. He's like, I gotta fight the man. He's like, I, I guess. Bye, son. So him and Rachel just take off, and they find a random dude just waving his arms. Like, come here. Come stay with me. And, uh, yeah, let's go with the crazy guy for not, not, no not reason. Only, not only just waving his arms. He's holding up a shotgun. He is holding up a shotgun, <laughs> yes. <laughs> so um, for some reason, he's waving for everybody to come, but only Tom Cruise and Rachel decide to go there. All right, mm-hmm. sure. Yep. And uh, not long after that, Tom Cruise realizes he's locked up with the crazy guy. Yeah. Uh, but it does give us an opportunity to sort of recreate those scenes from the original where we do see the periscope come in. And it's done... It's done in a pretty good way, I'd say. Uh, it's definitely, uh, the tension, I think, is a little more raised in the remake. Yeah. It's pretty exciting. And then, of course, we have our alien that comes in the house, too, which is also exciting, but we kind of already did it with the eye, so, mm-hmm. okay, we're doing it again. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I'll kind of say how that whole thing ends. Like, ultimately, Tom Cruise has to kill <laughs> the Tim Robbins character because he's just so afraid of what's going to happen to his daughter that he's going to that this guy's so gung-ho over fighting the aliens he's going to just put uh, his daughter's life in danger and tom cruise can't have that so he has right. to kill him while he has his daughter sing a song which is a powerful scene also yeah. but like you said the really the movie really does slow down there it, and i think they really kept it in just to sort of recreate the scene from the original uh, i'm just gonna go on a limb out on the limb and say like steven spielberg probably really liked that scene he's like oh we have to do that yeah because uh, there's very few scenes from the original that you see in the remake and this is one of them yeah but if you want to talk about it a little bit go for it there's parts parts of that scene i like there's a lot of parts that i like you've got this crazy alien thing going on in the background and this is one of the few times watching it where i'm like what the hell is tim robbins up to he's sharpening this the shovel talking to the kid and i'm just like dude i don't know what this guy's up to he to me felt like more of a threat than anything which i guess is mm-hmm. good foreshadowing yeah. but uh i think they spend a little too much time doing a few too many things like you said the periscope came down all right we got that and it's gone then the aliens come down all right mm-hmm. and then the aliens and then the aliens start to leave but then they come back because you made a sound and then mm-hmm. the shoe next and i'm like i'm like dude we, yeah we gotta we gotta move kind of past this at a certain point i i do again i do also like that uh dakota fanning you know he's like sing the song and all that stuff and it gives him a chance to defend his daughter i know why they don't show it but you're kind of better off maybe doing like kind of like a smack smash cuts of like the daughter in the one room doing her thing and like maybe that voice in the background as you get this kind of like freaky fight scene between tim robbins and tom cruise i think showing some of the fight actually would have been more powerful or at least making it more apparent what was going on behind that door with some sort of sounds um, that you really don't get a lot of in the scene. I I just felt that that scene could have been a little bit more powerful, especially if they would have brought things down maybe five minutes, five, seven (laughs) minutes, just cut some of it out. Yeah. Because you may even want to, like, cut out just some of the back and forth of the periscope if the aliens are going to come down. 
or mm-hmm. cut some of the alien stuff if you mm-hmm. have that periscope scene because it's more or less the same thing three different mm-hmm. times yeah i guess i'll start with uh, the killing of the tim robbins character i i think i like the choice to not show it mm-hmm. i think uh you know insert your worst case scenario here like just let your imagination run wild i kind of like that so i was fine with that i didn't need to see what was happening there yeah, I agree with you. It was the sequence was a little long, and after after it was all done, the whole let's stop here in the basement. I honestly think they could have cut the whole thing. I think they yeah. really only kept it because somebody liked that how it happened in the original, and they just wanted to do their own take on it. Like I think as soon as Robbie like he left, I think you could have just had Tom Cruise and Rachel captured right there, yeah. and then we could have just cut out twenty minutes, twenty five minutes, because it is a much longer movie, the remake, and you feel it. You definitely yeah. feel it, especially uh, when we're in that house, because it does almost feel like a completely different movie. Because we're we're not really we're not doing the same things that we were doing before. It, it's just completely right. changed. While there's some interesting things that happen, um, some interesting takes on what happened in the original, I ultimately feel like this is the weakest part of the movie, and we probably could have just gotten rid of it. I agree. It, it, it like you said, it feels like a different movie. Like to to my point of feeling like oh shit what's this guy doing now i'm i'm completely thinking about this other guy i actually stopped yeah. caring about the aliens for a little bit because i don't yeah. know what this dude's up to mm-hmm. and like even the characters not thinking about the aliens who's like you got something to say you say it to me you got nothing to say to her because like i don't know what tim Robbins is plan is what he's doing what he's capable of so like you said it does feel like a different movie it plays against the strengths in this other way that you've got these huge set pieces gigantic mm-hmm. tri- tripods going across cities destroying buildings doing all this shit and now we're in a bi- we're in a basement for 30 minutes not really doing much other than yeah. a couple of like tense scenes where they're hiding but like you already la- you nail tension you nail tension in the open fields with thousands of people you you didn't need to nail tension like you said with four people i mean not even three people yeah i think they did it is because like I mean, like you said, they have these huge set pieces that they work with. But, like, honestly, it's like there's nothing that Tom Cruise can really do against yeah. these aliens. So I think they had to give him something to make it a little more personal. Like, guess what, like, the average person might be going through because they can't actually fight the aliens. So now let's show people bickering amongst themselves, which is interesting. Yeah. But it's not the story we were telling here. It would be a great side story. Like, hey, this is a companion piece to War of the Worlds. It's like, oh, wow, that's really cool. Yeah. But... For Tom Cruise's story, I don't think it worked. You either do it early or you do it not at all. Yeah, yeah, um, I think it should have been done a lot earlier. Not after we already like had the action up here and right. then we're slowing the movie down to here. It's, it, it it really hurts. Yeah, I think there was a space for that. There was a space for that scene, like the the river of corpses and stuff. Like when they stop outside the farm to go pee, you know, mm-hmm. basically. Yeah. Maybe you shoehorn that in there because mm-hmm. it actually makes a little bit more sense. I, although you do have to deal with the problem of Robbie being there. Yeah. Which brings me back to my original point. Robbie doesn't need to be in the movie. Get rid of him. <laughs> so I find that compelling. If it was just Tom Cruise and his daughter, and she stopped to pee, and then like you do like this false um, this false jump scare of the daughter's captured by this guy. But he's he's a mm-hmm. farmer that more or less is going to help. Maybe you could shoehorn that in, but because you, you've shown me lightning streets, big tripods, people getting um, mystified. Boats. Boats tipped over Boats. and all this stuff. It's like, all right, we're we're at this part of the film. You can't do this much for ramp down, and then yeah. think that we're gonna build back up again, you know. Mm-mm. And 
although there's tension in those scenes, the tension is this quiet sort of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. horror film, kind of like bird box type t- tension that doesn't really fit the rest of mm-hmm. the, the film. So, yeah, that's why I said it would be a good companion piece, like like a web thing on the sure. side that you could have watched um, in conjunction with the movie, but no, it's in the movie and you have to sit through the whole thing and it's like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it, it does the movie no favors. Like I said, there's there's a few interesting things that happen in it, but the mm-hmm. overall arc of that is actually, in my opinion, net negative for the film and puts, yeah. puts a lot of the work that you you built into danger by just like I don't know it's like putting brakes in the middle of like a roller coaster ride and then being like hey, well we're gonna start again you just give me a couple minutes it's like, yeah well, it's like in the middle of 300 you just have like uh, a personal like squabble between like Leonidas and one of his captains or something yeah. and they just like argue for 20 minutes like what 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 about the fight the, the, the big fight come on right, guys right let's and, do this and even if you are gonna do a moment like that because 300 has kind of a a moment like that where he stops and talks to uh, the hunchback guy. No, 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 the Xerxes. Oh, Xerxes. Yeah, you know, uh, Leonidas goes. He's like, you could bow down now. He's like, ah, oh, fuck you. <laughs> like, but we're still. I mean, we're still staying with the plot. It's still like you know, right? The, the Spartans versus uh, the Persians here. You know, it's not like the Spartans. Now we're gonna have a, an internal squabble right, uh, that right, has right. nothing to do with the the bigger picture here. Yeah, it it would be like if uh, someone in his ranks was yeah. like, I'm gonna be in charge now, and Leonidas like. No, 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 and then we got to deal with that for twenty minutes. It's like yeah. different problem uh, taken away from the actual problem, and it's not mm-hmm. that type of film. Yeah, cool to see what they did, but yeah. eh, you, you, I, I would have cut it personally. There's a flow, the flow just we lost the flow completely there. The, I remember watching it in two thousand five, and that's kind of where I was like zoned out completely. Yeah. It was like, oh my god, what's happening here? Yeah, yeah, I, I felt I felt the same way, and then. Um, what they try to do to bring me back, it feels a little late. Like, mm-hmm. like I don't. Yeah. Like, all right. So after he after he kills Tim Robbins or whatever happens in there, we, we may never know. Um, he kills Tim Robbins. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, like when he when he's looking for Rachel outside, he's running around. You see the destruction and the, the blood and the veins and all this craziness, and he doesn't know where she is. They both get sucked up. Like again, this is another scene where. Because I've taken this departure, I'm I'm now trying to remember what the hell we're even. Yeah, we're, <laughs> exactly. We're, we're doing, and um, I don't know. Like the butthole part was weird. Uh, <laughs> a butthole, uh, but it was. It did give uh, Tom Cruise, like I wrote in my notes, a Luke Skywalker yeah, so, moment where the uh, the one guy just gets to destroy the whole machine because he infiltrates it with a little grenade or bomb. Yeah, he just he, he's got his little bandolier or whatever of grenades and he mm-hmm. he puts it in the the b-hole and, uh, <laughs> and the aliens just can't withstand it um i i think i think that's a that's a hokey but i think it's a good thing um i th- like i think it would have been better if that happened like right after the sun left like they get kidnapped right away and things seem hopeless and it's like oh man what's gonna happen and then tom cruise like pulls out an ace out of his sleeve and he's able to save the day like that would have been really great but you had to slow down for 20 25 minutes yeah. and uh do i still care about the alien war i, I don't know <laughs> yeah or, or again like shuffling things if we knew you were able to kill them before he goes into that basement perhaps mm-hmm. it gives those two some sort of motivation to work together ah yeah that's pretty good you know i like that we're like tom cruise like 
the one guy's gung ho to fight him, and Tom Cruise like, yeah, man, I, I've seen it. We can't like we can right. kill them. But then the aliens are kind of like on foot because they know one of their machines was destroyed. You know, like right. maybe switching the order makes that make more sense. But you still have the problem of it's it's a complete break. But uh, it could make a little bit more sense um, in that that order because like it was inconsequential that he went inside the basement um, if he just was going to yeah. blow up that thing in the very next scene. Yeah, exactly. Like. We didn't get anything out of staying in that basement. No. I know we keep ratting on the, the I know, basement but it's, scene, but it's like it's, it's a big glaring hole in the film that didn't need to be there. Yeah, I also thought that uh, kind of crazy, like the little human cages that everybody's in, you know, before mm-hmm. they get uh, sucked up. The idea of one of those things falling from that height onto that tree, like, <laughs> and not killing anybody. <laughs> someone would have died. Like you know, there would have been survivors for sure. But like mm. a couple of people would have been impaled by the tree and oh, yeah. other bad things. You know that didn't happen. Yeah, you got to suspend disbelief I, a little bit. <laughs> I'll suspend disbelief for the alien movie. <laughs> but no, you're right. Like the the Luke Skywalker moment. I'll I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's not the most creative or original, but you know it. I think it would have worked a lot better without that basement scene. Yeah, just, um, like you said, two different. So to get away from it, because we, we've discussed it ad nauseum at this point. but uh, We can't rip on it more? No. <laughs> I, I could rip on it for probably another half an hour. But, um, you know, the, the audience doesn't want to hear that. Just like we didn't want them to pause the cool sci-fi movie, uh, the audience doesn't want us to talk about a basement for the next. That's true. Okay. Or, or a boot or how the boot slipped and then it was just there I, never mind we're done we're done yeah don't overthink that boot because <laughs> it'll hurt your head uh do we want to talk about uh, any of the effects uh specifically or do you think we covered that enough like just the the amount of destruction we see in each film um no i think i think there's still some space for it because otherwise we're gonna go right into the ending but uh from from the effect standpoint um kind of going back to the original they do a lot of practical effects, many that don't really work, but uh, <laughs> but, but I do appreciate their can-do spirit. They do a lot of the uh, bright light on someone and they're not in the next frame. Um, I <laughs> think there's like a Roman candle at some point coming out of the, the thing. I think yeah. the Roman candle might have been the atom bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, um, again, the movie does... It's not believable, um, mm-hmm. um, alien effects, but I, you know, it, it's it translates. I know what they're trying to show me. You're trying to show me a heat mm-hmm. ray. You're trying to show me an atom bomb. You're trying to, so like, if I like you said, suspend disbelief, and I look at it for what you're what you're doing. All right, none of these measures are working against the aliens, and when the aliens do that, it destroys a tank or it destroys humans. So like, got it. Even if it doesn't look great, doesn't really matter. You almost look at it like a theater show. Like, yeah. If I go see a play, I saw a play where they were uh, Tuskegee Airmen once, and there wasn't a plane. It was just two guys <laughs> sitting sitting on a chair. But I, I got the drama of the scene. So, like, I'll, I'll take it. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you watch a movie from the 50s, you know that they have so many limitations. So, while it's not going to look perfect, it, it got the job done. I think for sure and they show a lot more military action i do think maybe some of the scenes ran on a little long yeah. it's like i get it you don't have to keep showing the military getting vaporized right. but uh with what they had you know good on them not too bad you know after some of the guys got vaporized you know sometimes there'd be like a pile of ash in the yeah. shape of a human you know it's a little, nice little touches like that that the original had not yeah. too bad 
The remake obviously has, you know, good old CGI and this was made 2005, so, you know, CGI is not what it is today and it still looks pretty it's good. I think it holds up for the most part. Um, there weren't too many scenes I looked at and went, hmm, that even, didn't age well. Even with the aliens, because, like, that could have been a spot where I'd be like, oh, jeez. But, like, that wasn't the worst thing I've ever seen. No. You know, Spielberg kind of has a grainy effect the whole movie. I mm -hmm. think that really helps. Smart. Kind of that effect that he sort of had in Saving Private Ryan sometimes. Um, yeah, the effects look really good. Like, when the aliens first, uh, when the, the first tripod... Uh, like emerged, I thought that was really good-looking effect. Yeah, like it dug up the earth and it sort of started to spin the like everything above it. And I thought that looks really cool. And then just watching it rise, and uh, the way people got vaporized, I thought it looked okay. Like maybe the cheesiest effect was maybe just the clothes floating. Yeah. I thought that that didn't look too real, and you do see that quite a bit. But like the big set pieces, like the bridge getting destroyed, the boat getting tipped over, I thought they all looked pretty good. And the alien crafts themselves, like doing, uh, just walking and picking up humans. I, I thought for 2005, you know, it's pretty good. It's the strength of the film. Uh, you know, although you have the star power of like Tom Cruise and mm -hmm. everything like that, he's really not doing much, to mm -hmm. be honest. Um, no. You know, you could have really picked anybody but you know butts in the seats as we always like to say so tom cruise is a good choice but like the star of the movie is the effects uh which i think is why we got so caught up in the basement because we started getting away from the star of the film and, and no I, I don't really have a negative thing to say about uh about the effects i think they look really good um like i said the clothing was a little weird but I, artistically it's actually a nice touch yeah like the idea that like you're gone and now uh, the only thing left is your weird floaty <laughs> would, would the pants be that floaty? I don't know if they would. Uh, maybe the alien ray has an anti-gravity thing yeah, yeah. too. <laughs> like, poof. Like, maybe you form a little human puff and that puts your clothes up. Like, I, don't know. <laughs> I guess it steams and presses your clothes. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, this is nice and fresh. Yeah. <laughs> Smells like lavender. Great. Yeah, no, they were just trying to show you their dry cleaning business. <laughs> <laughs> Buy some dry cleaning from us. <laughs> No, I, I found the effects to be uh, very strong in the remake, and clearly, if we're if you're going one to one, yeah. all day and all day in the remake. Yeah, even um, when there's not destruction, when it's just kind of like uh, just a set piece, like the day after his wife's house gets destroyed, he goes out there and you just see this airplane just yeah. strung everywhere. It's like wow, this looks. I don't know what's real and what's fake here, but it looks good. It looks pretty damn good. It's just uh, visually, yeah, that's that's what you're here for, man. You're here for these visuals, and it still holds up today yeah in terms of that i mean really other than just saying that it looked good um alien designs could have been better but they weren't bad um yeah the remake that's that's this remake's bread and butter mm -hmm. and i can just i'll just say in both films i appreciate what they're what they're going for the remake just does it uh does it better and they should given the, the amount of time they yeah they had in between the films Oh, yeah. It, it better look good, you know. I mean, there's a lot of times you could watch the original and go, oh, that's definitely a model. That looks <laughs> that looks so fake. But, you know, it, it's practical effects, and you just you just take it for what isn't appreciated. That's all they had at the time. Mm -hmm. So it's it's cool to be able to say, oh, yeah, that's that's a toy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah even, even, like, the toy buildings and, like, stuff like that, that they break yeah. down, it, it works. I'll give it to the original, though. Um, that ending... When he's just, Forster's just going from church to church, that destruction, I was just like, this is the movie I wanted yeah, <laughs> from yeah. that original. So they really ramp it up towards the end of that original. Uh, and they don't really do that in the remake. So I, I'll, I'll say, give it to that. 
I'll say this because we, we really don't, um, I don't think there's another time that we're going to get to discuss this, but I guess both films sort of have their sort of riotous moment, like the, the time where like people are going uh, nuts. Okay. Um, and to your point at the end of, towards the end of uh, the original is when you start to see that in the film. And like you said, that set looks great. It looks like a bunch of people yeah. went nuts. Even before that, when he's just running through the, des- or he's driving through a deserted city, I thought that looked really good. Yeah, like it, it didn't look like just like a fake city. They might have had to actually like keep a block like empty in a city. I thought it looked really good. Yeah. With the, the, all the trash everywhere and like a baby carriage, like looked really good. Looked looked really good. Um, a little bit cheesier when they steal his truck in the uh, <laughs> the original film. Like just ah, I've been punched. <laughs> you know, like like I don't know. Um. It's a great setup, though, because it's like uh, the military has failed at this point, so it's up to the scientists, and the right. scientists are like, we're going to do this, we're going to fix it, and then the mob's like, no, you're not, yep. you're going to die with us. <laughs> it's exactly. like, oh, God. <laughs> I think, so it I was think really his, interesting. I think his line was like, oh, they slashed their own throats, you know? like um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, compelling. It was powerful stuff. It was like, I, your last chance is gone because, <laughs> you know, you this one guy's still trying to pay people off, and it's like, well, your money's worthless right now. And it, it, it is an example of, you know, if something like this was happening, people really, we're not very good in dangerous <laughs> situations. We we freak out, we mob, you know, people, we've seen it before in the past, people getting crushed at like sporting events and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like people freak out. And uh, mm-hmm. I think the movie tried to, tried to show that a bit. Um, the remake, I think, actually nails that a little bit more. The resolution to me feels a little... A little unbelievable that if you had people in that much of a frenzy that they would sort of calm down. Yeah, Yeah, just because they heard one gunshot, right? Right. But pretty cool scene, actually, of Tom Cruise having the only working car, which, again, creates this issue that we are now having in the scene that this guy's got a car. Fucking stop him. And Mm. I actually like that Tom Cruise is just willing to, like, punch it. Fuck this. I'm getting out. (laughs) Um, uh, Again, that sort of uh, fraternal instinct kicks in. But, uh, and to have this creep, like, the one guy's on the front of the car, like, clawing at it. That was intense. Yeah, he's just ripping apart the, the windshield, and his hands are getting all bloodied as he's doing it. I was like, wow. Just showing the desperation of people just trying to get in this car. It's pretty powerful stuff. Yeah, yeah. Which, which again, um, I'll take it. You know, the gunshot, that calmed everyone down. Sure. Whatever. Let, let, let him get his daughter. Let him, let's move on to the next scene. But I, I appreciate that they took the time to show us people losing their shit i think that was uh appropriate to show that that is how humans would act and then like the very next part of that scene is the guy who stole the car he got shot now there's just Mm -hmm. chaos out there the movie nailed that and i wish some of the energy that you had in that scene translate that over to that later scene that we were talking about i think the movie stays in in a good space throughout yeah they're able to touch upon just that frenzy but they don't stay there too long and it's you know it means something because now, now they don't have a car too. Right. So you know, it was something actually happened as a right. result of the the mob, as opposed to the house where we're still where we were before. We could have went to the house. We didn't have to go to the house. I'm sorry, I keep keep talking about yeah, it. No, no, no. I mean, it, but um, to yeah. be discussed, you know. But, but no. yeah, they did it well. They did it well in the remake of uh, that mob. That was like I said, that guy just breaking through the windshield. That shit was crazy. Ugh. Ugh. It was yeah, crazy. Just, I don't care about my hands anymore. Yeah. <laughs> But the guy felt real dumb after that. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, I, I, I just lost my temper there, honey. Sorry. Yeah. 
that thing could carry 20 people. No, it couldn't. I can tell you that right now. That car yeah, could yeah. not have carried 20 people. But, uh, yeah. you know, and then afterwards, like you say, he loses the car, and now he has to shuffle just like everybody else. Mm-hmm. Put, he had an advantage. He lost his advantage. And mm-hmm. this is kind of the disadvantage of having to worry about taking care of your family. Yeah. He's got to worry about whether Robbie is okay. He's got to worry about what the daughter's going to see. So, mm-hmm. strong, strong scene. Um, they're not one-to-one between films, but uh, another scene I think we should bring up because, like you said, that set looked great on the original. The yeah. scene was great in the remake. Yep. Since that scene's kind of towards the ending of the original, should we just go for the endings? I think so. Okay. So, like we said, um, Forrester... Well, first off... Um, Van Buren, she's like in a bus with a bunch of people, and mm-hmm. that bus takes off, and Forrester uh, follows her in like a, another vehicle with all the supplies, all the science supplies yep. that will help us uh, get rid of these aliens. And, uh, you know, they're driving through the empty city, the mob comes, he gets separated, it seems like all hope is lost, he doesn't know what to do, and then he just remembers uh, something that she said about going to church or something mm-hmm. like that. So he's like, okay, I gotta find, gotta find Sylvia, so he goes... So he goes to a church just looking for her, and then he's, he can't find her. So he just he doesn't know what to do to save humanity. So he's just going to go from church to church, pretty much, just trying to find Sylvia. And like I said before, as he's going from church to church, there's this destruction that you haven't seen in the movie yet because it was mostly in that one field. And just like everything's just getting destroyed. It's heat rays going left and right. <laughs> Everything just looks red, you know, yeah. and then somehow, somehow Dr. Forrester is not getting hurt yes. at all. <laughs> this thing's crashing. He's like, oh, shit. Oh, look at yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. Not getting uh, hit with the heat ray either. And then ultimately he does go to a church and find Sylvia. And uh, they just embrace as the church is pretty much getting attacked by aliens. And then everything just stops. Yeah. And then they go outside, and then they see that one of the alien crafts, or probably the alien craft that was shooting at them, is just suddenly crashing into the building. They're like, mm-hmm. what's going on there? And then uh, one of the doors opens up, and then you just see an alien hand kind of just flop out. And it's like, huh, what happened? And then good old narration to, <laughs> to tie everything together in when, a nice when package. The, when the guy, like, pokes at it and then like checks his pulse and was like what are you looking for bro? yeah i love when he checks his pulse like okay it's, it it's clearly dead. has the same anatomy it's as dead. us this one's dead i know the anatomy of the aliens that we have no idea how they work. yeah yeah clearly checking the rest of her gills pulse. you know like like who knows bro what what's going on but, check for a pulse good yeah pretty much a voiceover comes up and tells us it was the germs and the bacteria that we grew immunity to and Oh, yeah. Well, I guess we'll talk about religion in a bit, too. Yeah. But it just says, because God put God, all that God here. God in that we, infinite wisdom. He, he that, put that bacteria to save us from things just like this. Uh, the, the, the smallest of our, our Earth's inhabitants, uh, germs. <laughs> <laughs> bacteria. The aliens were not prepared for it. it like, yeah. Um, we will get into the religious aspect and talk more. But uh, I guess let, let's do the remake before we go there. All right, so the remake, uh, pretty much uh, after Tom Cruise does his Luke Skywalker thing, mm-hmm. and then they the cage falls down and it breaks, uh, they just start walking, Yeah, I think. And they're walking, and then yep. they get to a town or a city, and then those bloody vein things, uh, they're no longer looking good. They're, look, they're looking a little decayed and uh, yeah. kind of turn to ash in your hand as yeah, you, you pick them up. That, yeah. And uh, 
Tom Cruise is like, what's happening? And he sees a military guy. He's like, I don't know. He started dying, man. <laughs> Just keep going, man. And, uh, but they still have to kill one. Uh, he's like, look at the birds. There's no more force field. Look at the birds. And uh, they're able to, with the bazooka, take out the last tripod in that area. And again, in voiceover, this time by Morgan Freeman, yep. of course, um, we learn that uh, the bacteria and germs are what kill the aliens. No mention of God this time. Yeah. But still the same thing, that it's the germs, which we grew in immune, immunity to over the years. Years of evolution. So that's how that ends. I'm going to tell you, man, the, uh, the original ending works better for me. Okay. Just, just does. Um, in the sense that they have exhausted all of their resources. That's clearly like that's clearly laid out because again, we know who Clayton Forrester is and we know what steps they've taken. Whether it's the atomic bomb, uh, you know, the Air Force, and this is all over the world that hum- humanity's just been wrecked. The last thing they have is their, their faith, I guess, their, their belief in whatever's coming next because this this hell on earth is uh that's it for them they're all assuming that there's no more hope and they're it's super heavy-handed and on the nose but they're in a church and you know when all was lost the the roof is literally coming down the aliens are are at their doorstep um they just stop and there's that miracle you were looking for the implication is a little goofy like the idea that uh god thought that the aliens would come and destroy most of the earth so luckily though he had germs and and that's what saved us like that's a little kind of ridiculous that this is all part of the master plan i guess but uh, i guess the lord works in mysterious ways dan but i just felt that um the idea of like their hopelessness in that moment and the fact that there's actually an action happening as the aliens die like this is an action scene to an extent it felt to me like a better way to show the same ending because both your heroes are in complete peril as we find out the aliens are are gone whereas in the other in the remake it's just like who got out of there well let's keep walking and then they just kind of like walk into someone that explains well um (laughs) they just they just stop man and it's like okay and then they walk some more you know i guess there's that javelin but that didn't really seem to matter at that point and they just kind of walked to boston and then the family's there, and Tim's there, and the stepdad, and the grandparents are there, and Tom Cruise just beat the shit. Here's your daughter. Oh, <laughs> hey, son. Uh, yeah, Robbie was there. Oh my God, Rob- Robbie, who no way he would have survived. Would not survive. We saw, <laughs> we saw a huge explosion that he ran into. Right. Uh, so he's definitely dead. And how would he know how to get to Boston? I don't know. I don't know. Like the idea of, uh, again, to me, it's a cop out. It's like. We need the happy, everyone's happy yeah. ending. And it's just, it's not a happy thing that's happening. Like, the, most places on the earth were uh, destroyed. It's going to take us years to rebuild civilization. Thousands, if not millions of people are dead in the blink of an eye. And your daughter's not going to do well based off everything we saw. So, like, <laughs> it's just too clean. And and um, my, my real issue with our lead, when it's all said and done, had nothing to do with him. Yeah. So, besides the Luke Skywalker moment, nothing else of consequence is done by him. So, I didn't get the same sense of hopelessness into the miracle as as him just kind of like walking and finding out the aliens are no longer alive. It just 
Yeah. It didn't feel great, and it felt kind of like a cop-out with the family at the end. I agree with most of what you said there. Uh, I'm just trying to think of where to start. I guess I'll go with the... I forgot, yeah, I forgot to add the, that Robbie was still alive at the end, which I, which is stupid. Yes. Um, just just have him dead. Why, why do we need that? Like, do we need to have, like, all this, like, yay, everything worked out well for that family? We, we, don't, we don't need that. Um, yeah, that's a stupid thing. And, uh, yeah, the remake is weaker, uh, definitely, because it does kind of come out of nowhere i mean it comes out of nowhere in both films and both of our leads are ultimately kind of useless but i'll say um because the original kind of does pin it on god and they have kind of been sprinkling religion throughout the original film so it is somewhat connected to one of our characters at least through sure. sylvia since her uncle was a man of the faith so and we, we were in churches at the end you know everybody like you said they're just lost all hope and people are just kind of singing yeah. religious songs so they you know in a way they kind of tied it in to what was happening so it didn't completely just like well it was germs did you yeah. see that coming it was germs <laughs> oh germs like maybe if he was like maybe if tom cruise was like a scientist working to eradicate germs or something it could have tied in I know. but yeah it does come more out of nowhere in the remake which might it just be like well that's it after all we went through it was just we just had to wait for germs to take effect it, it does kind of feel like after everything you had seen which looked cool and you were just like well that was kind of stupid yeah it, i think um ultimately what really makes a difference here is the set piece itself like like the church of everyone singing the aliens mm -hmm. coming down this is it like you know i'm looking at the runtime on the film because like sometimes i'll check throughout the movies like uh, when we were in the basement, I was looking at the runtime. Like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and even in the original film, I started to look, and I was like, "Whoa, there's not much time left. What What are we gonna do here?" Because yeah, I, yeah. I really didn't remember how this story resolved itself. So I'm like, "Oh wow, maybe this is the end for humanity," which I should have known better because I'm watching <laughs> the movie. But like, I do like the idea that like, look, there's nothing we could do, and that is what it is. People were finding solace in their own way at the end. And mm -hmm. ultimately, some grand miracle happened. And to me, it didn't even really matter whether aliens stopped or didn't, you know, at that point. Mm -hmm. it was just like, oh, okay. Lucky us, um, I guess, mm -hmm. in that sense. But uh, everything they showed me beforehand didn't really matter to me how it ended. Because I, I felt that that was, a, that was a powerful moment. Whether you believe in God or not, just like, yeah, a community of people coming together, spend their last moments together because, look, you can't fight it. It's going to happen. Let's accept it and let's find mm -hmm. some peace with each other. And yeah. at that last, last moment, mm -hmm. the victory came in. Like, again, to right. me, it doesn't really matter whether that happened or not. Like, that message of coming together was more powerful than just, all right, I blew up an alien, we were walking, and they got sick. Like, yeah. it, they don't give you the same heart or stakes at that moment. And they yeah. could have somehow. They could have, but they didn't. So, um, complete advantage, in my opinion, to the original. Yeah. Yeah, you definitely nailed it by when they had that, that hopelessness. It's just, like, so prominent in the, that original ending, that, that acceptance of it. Like, this is our fate. And, uh, you know, when that church collapses on the on Forest Room Van Buren, you know, they're they're embracing, and they're not even trying to, like, cover or just duck under the whatever come, debris comes down. They're... This, if we die here, we're just we're hugging each other. We, we found each other. We're, we're just they fully accepted their fate yep. that they are going to die, and yeah, for 
that you know that miracle of uh, the germs to come in um, definitely you feel it more there as opposed to we're just walking down the road and wow it, it happened great we missed it oh, oh well we were walking we, we thought we were going to live another few weeks anyway it doesn't matter yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah definitely uh points to the original there yeah you know i i always think it gets like i said i always think it gets a little hokey when god in his infinite wisdom allowed the yeah. entire world to be destroyed but you know a couple germs wrapped it up eventually like eh, a little strange a little 50s you know, a little too much of that, yeah. in my opinion. But uh, but overall, I, I did find, I found that church scene to be, actually, like, if, if I'd seen that in another film, you know, I still think it's a great scene. Like, yeah. you got the stained glass, the light coming out from, from behind, everyone huddled together. When the debris fell, definitely a couple people in that church died, too. So it wasn't just, yeah. like, all, you know, gumdrops and lollipops, you know. Um, it, it's a very nice scene. Mm-hmm voiceover i i will always complain about certain voiceovers yeah and it, it's it's a bit of a weak moment from there and i was i i felt myself asking was this about god the whole time i, I didn't yeah I didn't get yeah that. was that what this was about i yeah the voiceover at the end really just kind of puts all the praise like and they got out because god did this and it's like yeah was that the movie i was watching the whole time like <laughs> this was god's plan to I, save us with bacteria it's um so yeah it's it's a little heavy-handed there the, yeah. especially the very end of that voiceover um i think you could have just the ended... feel the people in the, the, the hell are they going the ark they're going to mount sinai i don't know um but like yeah while the religious thing i'm really glad the remake didn't really go there um i think what they were trying to do is just sort of tie it into what was happening somehow somehow related to what people were going through because you were praising God and God did this. So it all connects in some weird way that only makes sense in the fifties. So yeah, I don't agree with it, but I, I kind of know why they did it, yeah. but you definitely didn't have to. The ending was powerful enough and I guess just say it was germs. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't have to say God did it. Yeah. But you know, I, like I said, I, I don't begrudge them. It's like, you know, yeah. anyone has like a, faith or a belief in something then absolutely you know um and that's the message you want in your film absolutely like you said a little heavy-handed but i'll take it um because everything you presented to me it wasn't so heavy-handed throughout the film yeah and because you had the juxtaposition of the priest getting yeah exactly exactly because you were able to kill the priest instead of having him be like let's say our gene hackman in uh the where he was leading the charge against the aliens and he used faith to defeat it's not like that happened in the if that happened (laughs) the power of jesus like stopped the aliens and i'm like okay world of worlds are getting a little crazy here but uh since they were just like it's germs and god made germs so there you go it's like oh Okay, and since they kind of squeeze that in at the very end of the narration, it's like, all right, you get a pass, I guess. Yeah, and, and it's like, they could have copped out with the priest. Like, he could have been walking and someone could attack with him and be like, what are you, crazy? Yeah. You know, and they, and they went there, and I'm, I'm glad that they did because it, yeah. it just makes the movie even stronger. Yeah, um, definitely. I think, like, when you're looking at the remake, I know you open with the Morgan Freeman intro uh, voiceover, which is always... A strong movie choice and, you know <laughs> it, go wrong with a morgan freeman voiceover and it often is a, a decent movie choice to have morgan freeman voice over the end i think i would have been better off with like ray at a bar watching like news clips of like uh you know channel four and i think tying it back into the the world i would literally take six weeks later 
you know, raised like at a bar, putting his life back together in some way or something like that, and like finding out what happened in like news stories versus mm-hmm. this random voiceover after oh, aliens kind of died and keep walking and hey, it's my family and Morgan Freeman. Uh, it is all it is all right after thousands of years survival of the fittest. Uh, we uh, we and man alone has earned the right to be here. <laughs> it's just like uh, <laughs> no, and and also like that means these aliens' plans are shitty. Yeah, they, they had millions of years to plan, and they didn't account for like germs, bacteria. Like they did not know about that with their advanced technology. They didn't realize that there were these microscopic beings that might affect their immune system. All this technology, all this planning, all this time, um, and germs. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It could have been. There could have been a better way to do that. You know. Um, uh, yeah, that's once again why it's better that the alien. This is the first time the aliens have come to Earth because that maybe right. they're a little less not. You know, they know a lot less about like us and like what's in, what's in our atmosphere and oh. stuff as opposed to these aliens that planted this millions of years ago. It's like wait, when they planted it millions of years ago, they didn't die then. It's like ah, uh, you're making me ask these questions I shouldn't be asking, right. and that's it's right. a big sin movie. It, and it's like, again, like, in my weird scenario, which, again, I don't know if the science works, but, like, in the I, in the sense of, like, um, and maybe it's what the veins or the roots are, if you are seeding a planet, I guess, perhaps the seeds went without any, like, guidance, and they just drill into the ground mm-hmm. or something like that. But, again, no, that's not what you said. You said they, they came, they planned it. You know, <laughs> and if they planned it, they should have planned for that. Um, I think even we would plan for that as a society if we were sending people to space. Like maybe you you only do one of the pods and see how they get to <laughs> it. You know, like there would have been a research team to to report back and say this yeah. is how this works before you send the full the full wave. And as you mentioned with the original film, like it. It's waves, you know, the army, it takes a while for them to gear up and amass their forces and, you know, do their thing. Whereas here, it's all at once, but they've also been planning it. And they didn't think that it's yeah. weak. It's a little weak. It's weak, yeah. It's definitely weaker. Uh, you had mentioned that, yeah, maybe Tom Cruise should maybe have found out about it weeks later. And I think, yeah, you could have gotten rid of the voiceover. And maybe in, in addition to having him find out about it weeks later, you could just show like how society is starting to rebuild. And right. just like the after effects of this alien invasion. You could have went somewhere that the original film didn't go. And it could have been very interesting. But you went for the voiceover and, and pretty weak. Yeah, yeah I mean... And you, could have, and you could have resolved the Robbie thing, too. Because they didn't really have a resolution. They just said, hey, hey, you're alive, you're alive. All right, we're buddies again? Yeah. It's like, you know... Uh, it's just... I'm- Bad choices. I mean, you, you got Tom Cruise working, like, in the docks. And that could be anything. That could be construction on the docks. It could be anything. So, like, maybe because we do a lot of arcs in films, uh, maybe he's turning his his life around. And before, he's not keeping things in the fridge. And he's he doesn't know his kids' birthdays, mm-hmm. I'm assuming. So, perhaps he's working on rebuilding parts of the city. And he's talking to a guy he's working with. He's like, yeah, man, I heard it was the the germs that did it it's like, yeah. oh, really? you know like there, there's yeah, a way yeah. to show your character finding growth because there's really right. nowhere for us to plant tom cruise when this is done and, yeah. and, and what i mean by that is tim is still alive so stepdad's alive the mom who looked like she was pregnant with another kid 
she's okay with the grandparents. The kids are okay in Boston. There's nothing for Tom Cruise to go back to. When you were saying that, I was thinking, you literally could have shown him rebuilding life while he's rebuilding his own personal life. Yeah. And that would have been, yeah, it would have been somewhere for him to go. Like, you could have had him, like, had a little more tension with the ex-wife and her husband maybe in the beginning, and then at the end of the movie, when he's rebuilding the life with his family, he's, he's okay with um, his wife ha- having moved on and everything. Like, what? you could have had, he could have had more of an arc than he did. Yeah, yeah. It's, and that, but, yeah. It's all straight, you know? It's just like, mm-hmm. he's not a bad, bad guy, but he's not a great guy, and he's yeah. just really middle-of-the-road kind of. Like, mm-hmm. you don't know why they broke up, presumably because he just kind of... I don't know, just does his own thing. Doesn't yeah. really care about other people. To an extent, and it's just like, eh, we're we're doing this, and then we're just doing that, and then it ends, and we never we never moved. You know, yeah. I guess he took care of his daughter, but it didn't feel like because he was learning. It just felt like he that into the world yeah, sur- survival instincts. That's that, it. <laughs> that, yeah, I, I just never I never found that he changed in any meaningful way. Yeah. I was going to say, and there was opportunity to show it, though, yeah. as we just demonstrated with our fine-tuning of the ending there. Yeah, I mean, look, in the perfect world, I would I would go back, I would cut, if not all of the basement scene, I would cut a, a decent amount of it, and then I would give us, I think, a lot of movies like this, and we've seen it in other films, where you start to rebuild, you start to come back together, and like mm-hmm. just putting him, like, he quit his job, if he even still had a job, and he started working, rebuilding shelters, just yeah. him. Him in a hard hat with a hammer talking to people is a better ending than everyone lived, everyone's happy, and we buy. Yeah, I don't want to keep rewriting (laughs) the ending. But I will rewrite the basement scene one more time. Uh, as As you were saying that, I was thinking, what if they did the basement scene, just don't have Tim Robbins' character there, just have Tom Cruise and his daughter there, and then they still have to avoid the eye, and you still have the scenes from the original movie, but you don't have to have this other added drama, human against human, I gotta kill him. And guess what? Yeah. Guess what? Might as well have because Tim didn't do anything no. other than say a couple lines. It would have worked just as fine as if they went into the basement and there was like a, a radio there and mm-hmm. they were talking to someone somewhere else. I heard this and then it ran out of batteries. You know, there you go. like that, that, that's a better scene than what we got because then you still got to hide from the aliens, mm-hmm. you know, hiding around. And yeah, the fight happens, but like we don't see it and. It doesn't yeah. matter really whether he won or not, because here come the aliens anyway. Just yeah, I, I could I could see another rewrite in that basement scene. Alright, that's the last time I'll bring up the basement scene. I promise. I'm so sorry everybody had to listen to seven different scenarios in the basement. Is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Yeah. Well, I have another on. Lord of the Rings style and no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I am done. Uh that that's enough for me. Okay. Well, since there's nothing else to talk about, there's only one thing talk about that didn't sound right at all <laughs> reggie let's it's verdict time should the remake exist man you know what if you if you were asking me just off the strength of the first half of the film i would have said there's no doubt in my mind that this remake should exist between robbie between the basement between the ending they start they start to get me to that point where i'm saying no dan i'm, I'm really i'm teetering that that line but i will say this visually um, what they presented was was intriguing. The first half of the film is very strong in a way that I will allow for a lot of what happened on the back end. In the perfect world, Robbie's not in the movie. In the perfect world, that basement scene's shorter or gone. And that basement scene is the closest thing I have to saying this movie shouldn't exist. 
But when you're talking about 20 minutes and what overall is a serviceable film, I think the remake should exist. But I also, I, with this caveat that a better one should exist, that someone should have really taken this and, and given this subject matter the space that it needed. This feels like, a, like you said, The Day After Tomorrow, 2012, whatever those movies were at that time. We did a lot of them. Um, this just feels like, oh, we can do one with Spielberg, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it just it, it didn't have enough of that heart that the original is way too explainy and yeah. over the top. But like that church scene to me, that that may stick with me because I thought that that was a very strong scene. The remix should exist. And, I, and I, apparently they're doing a TV series now, which is probably the way to go. Um, yeah, I saw that there's a TV series. Uh, I didn't watch any of the episodes. I think the whole first season's out. I think that that's probably, if you're going to do things like that basement scene, you, you need it to be a seasonal thing if you're yeah. going to do that. Uh, as a film, it just didn't work. But uh, yeah. overall, the film is fine, could be better, but uh, it should exist for the visuals, in the visuals alone, my friend. Yeah, that's, that's pretty funny. I'm pretty much in the same boat as you. I came into this going, yeah, I, I think the movie should exist. But the more we talked, the more we talked about that basement scene, the more we talked about Robbie and that ending, I was like, hmm, maybe, maybe they shouldn't. But I think... I think the visuals and just uh, that scale of world destruction, I don't, I mean, I guess there are a few movies like that, but I think this is one of the better (laughs) ones. Like, I'm thinking of, like, 2012 or even The Day After Tomorrow, like I mentioned before. Uh, I think this one's better than both of those movies uh, when it comes to the destruction, and I think they really had a good setup in the beginning. I think that family dynamic, the tension that he had with his two kids was really interesting setup. And you do see some interesting things. I do not like Robbie. Um, But, you know, if you watch the movie from the beginning up to the scene where Robbie leaves, I think you'll have a really good time. Yes. And uh, just know the aliens are going to eventually die anyway. Uh, It doesn't really matter. But uh, I think what they did visually uh, is worth what worth um having it made so i'll say i'll give it a, a light yeah this movie should exist because it because it's pretty it's pretty in the beginning i just love it's so action-packed the destruction it's really well done and the tension and, and the music it's like so intense it's everything's really good in the beginning and yeah. then it just drops we're on those razor razor thin margins man where it's like uh i don't know had, had we have watched this before like poseidon for instance I think I would have been a, a Poseidon should exist guy <laughs> as much because of like how many times I've seen that film. Right. But like both of those movies are right there for me. And I think that yeah, yeah. what did it in this incident versus Poseidon were the actual visuals. Yeah. Cause like you think war of the worlds and you see what they were able to do in the original. just like, it, like I said, I, I didn't feel that that sense of like global disaster. And even though this one was more isolated, it just felt bigger. Yeah. And it's what I would expect with the world of the worlds and same thing with Poseidon. Like when it book flips upside down, like what they did in the remake visually. Mm-hmm. And of course, uh, kick them off. You can't forget that. Kick off. <laughs> but now we're, now we're talking about another episode we did. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'll give this a slight pass with, uh, War of the Worlds remake. Great razor thin margins for me, but um, yeah, should exist. Fair enough. All right, yeah, look at that. We're uh, pretty much on the same page with this one, Reggie. Yeah, look at that. Very nice. So, next episode, what should uh, we do? We're gonna look through the notes here. While, while you're looking through the notes, uh, I will say this: that uh, we'd be uh, remiss to not mention this. That right now, 
Uh, the reason that we're filming this the way that we are is because we're sheltered in place because of germs. <laughs> <laughs> that wasn't really my intention when we started. Um, when oh, we I, I thought it was. I was like, oh, he knew that in the germs? Oh, interesting. <laughs> no, no. You know, I just really didn't remember uh, this story very well. I, you know, my intention was that it was sort of like an apocalyptic world ending subject for a time. And I was actually trying to get us away from thinking about <laughs> uh, germs a little bit. But uh, interesting, man. You know, maybe when it's all said and done in, in divine wisdom that uh, these germs are what's stopping the aliens from, from taking us out. So, uh, you know, silver linings. It's, it's funny that in this crazy pandemic that we're in that we've stumbled upon this very light take on that subject matters. I'm glad that we did this film. Okay. Well, this one was obviously like this world-ending disaster film. The last one was pretty intense with insomnia. So I'm thinking maybe we should go a little lighter. <laughs> I'm thinking something a little different. I was thinking maybe the producers, since the remake was sort of a musical. And, you know, Mel Brooks is still kind of working with both of them. So that, that may be an interesting take. Like, should he have done this again? Hmm. Yeah, yeah. I think that right now we need a palate cleanser for sure. Producers, it's fun, it's lighthearted. I think for for both of our sanity and the sanity of our uh, audience, <laughs> hopefully by the time this comes out, people aren't still sheltered in place and things are a little bit more normal. Um, and we can look back on this, but uh, in the meantime, let's try to have some fun. <laughs> yeah, I think that's let's have some uh, fun with springtime with Hitler in Germany, huh? <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, cool. Producers, it is. All right, well. Um... I'm Dan Bulick. You could find us uh, on all the social medias, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, this podcast is on Spotify. It's on iTunes. If you're on iTunes listening, please give us the five stars and uh, good reviews. If you're on YouTube watching this, um, you know, leave us any comments. Uh, we'd love the feedback from you guys. Reggie? Yeah, I'm Reggie Parker uh, at RP Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. Of course, follow Retro vs. Remake on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that fun stuff. Really do appreciate the comments in YouTube. They've been overwhelmingly positive. Any suggestions, you know, about formatting, uh, you know, we're always mm -hmm. open to because uh, this is a work in progress. I think we're, we're starting to hit our stride, but uh, we're always open to new things and we appreciate the support. So that's all I got. All right. Sounds good to me. All right, everybody. Thanks for listening. This has been another episode of Retro, Retro versus, versus Remake. Ooh. I don't think that was yeah, insane at all. Mark, but that's okay. <laughs> oh, well, I'll see if I can get it in post. <laughs> <laughs>